Would you turn with us tonight to our text that we've been looking at for some weeks now? The third epistle of John. You know, you got the gospel account of John, and then you got 1 John, 2 John, 3 John in the back of the book. 3 John 2. We have been teaching on the subject of prosperity proven. Our title of our series is Prosperity Proven. And this has been our main text in 3 John. And verse 1 we'll read. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish, or the margin says pray, or some say desire, above all things, that you mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. How many believe this verse? Hmm? You know, some people try to uh, reduce this to just a greeting. Hi, how you doing? But if that's all it is, is hi guys, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. If that's all it is, it ought not be in the Bible. Right? Because there's all kind of greetings that went on in those days in the church. And even in Jesus' ministry, the Bible tells us, John said, that uh, not everything that Jesus said and did was recorded. He said if everything he said and did was recorded, he supposed even the world itself wouldn't contain the books that could be written. A relatively small portion of what Jesus said and did is recorded, we believe, by the Holy Spirit for all men, amen, all generations. And the same thing with the rest of the New Testament, including this, that this is not just some passing greeting, but this is the word of the Lord. And how many believe that the Bible is God speaking to me and to you, right? You take it personally. So do you read this just like the Lord speaking to you? What did he tell you? Beloved. Are you his beloved? Other places in the New Testament we're referred to as his beloved. Beloved, I, who's I? The Lord. I will, I desire, above all things, that you what? Did the Lord tell you he desired you to prosper? Did he say that? Do you believe it? Then it should settle the question. Does God want me to prosper? Should be the end of it, right? You should never ask. Well, wonder if it's the Lord's will for my bills to be paid and get caught up. If you ask that, that means you either don't know this or you know it, but you don't believe it. And many other scriptures like this. If you know this and you believe this, then you never question, well, Lord, did you want me to have a better car? Lord, is it your will for me to have a better house? Lord, is it your will for me to get ahead and have extra money? Be able to give big offerings and do things for other people and my family? You'd never question that if you believe this. Because he said, I will that you prosper. Amen? And be in health. Is it God's will for you to be healthy? Yes, it is. Is it ever God's will for you to be sick? The answer is no. Is it ever God's will for you to be broke? No. Well, see, now, you know, millions of Christians believe that sometimes it is. Now, you know why they believe that? Because they are. 
And they ascertain the will of God by their experience or by their lack of experience. Did you hear me? If they're sick, then they say, well, it must be the will of God. If they're broke, well, it must be the will of God. And basically, I mean, you know, good Christian people that are saved and love God, but they are presuming that anything and everything that happens is the will of God. We don't understand it, but it's the will of God. If it wasn't the will of God, it wouldn't have happened. The fact that it happened shows it's the will of God. No, it does not. No, it does not. There are people died lost today on the earth. You going to say that's the will of God? Not if you know the Bible. Well, then many other things have happened today that were not the will of God. Are you with me? I'm around people, ministers, different times and different situations. And just recently someone was telling me this, you know, well, you know. That's the way of God, and we just have to accept it. And you want to say, no, (laughs) no, no, that's not the will of God. But, you know, people don't always want to hear that. And and so you have to be led. I mean, it's not what you know, it's what will people receive. But it's sad because people are robbed. And people are attributing the work of evil people and the devil to God. And to me, that's a serious thing. You know, my father is alive in Mississippi, and he's a good man. He's made mistakes, but he's a good man. And if you come try to tell me that my father beat up some child or robbed some widow woman or hurt somebody, I would not accept that. I know him. And if you say, no, he's a sorry rascal, he did it. I'd say, no, and you don't need to say it again. Because I'm being tempted right now. I used to be a fighter, and I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> well, how much more our great Father God, who's never lied to anybody, never failed anybody. He is not the destroyer. He is not the killer. He is not putting cancer on babies. Did you hear me? He is not starving women and children in Africa. He is not. Now some people, they'll get mad. they go, oh, how dare you question the will of God. It is not the will of God. I'll tell you one of these things are happening. It's because man has a free will. And has chosen wrongly. And the wages of sin is death. That's why there is destruction and death and tragedy in the earth. You know, if you believe something, you ought to practice it. Right? If you preach something, and you preach it other people, you ought to practice it. Right? And these people, you know, it's amazing. Uh, people that preach that sometimes it's God's will to be sick. And yet they get sick, and what do they do? They do their best to get rid of it. Right? I mean, well, if you believe it's the will of God, you ought not try to get rid of it. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. But really, now, both of them can't be right. right. If it's the will of God, you ought to yield to it. If the Lord put that sickness on you as a blessing, you ought to pray for more. 
If you really believe it's from him, and you ought to yield to it, and you dare not take any medicine or do anything to get rid of it, elsewise you're resisting the will of God. And there's a lot of people that have a certain, you know, some money. And oh, they bristle when you start talking about prosperity. Well, they're hypocrites. If they believe in poverty, they ought to practice it. Right? And what's even more confusing is you'll have preachers get up and just lambast folks like me that <laughs> preach prosperity on Friday night and then turn right around and ask for an offering. Well, practice what you preach. If you believe in poverty, if you preach poverty, live it, practice it. Well, I don't. How about you? I don't. I believe in being rich. Hmm? I believe it's the will of God for me to be rich, Phyllis to be rich, and every person in Faith Life Church to be rich. Every, everyone. Just like it's the will of God for us all to be saved. It's the will of God all to be filled. Will of God all to be healed. So what if somebody is not? Well, then we just keep preaching and believing till they come in. So what if somebody didn't make it? Well, there's people that don't make it being saved. But that doesn't prove the will of God. Right? We don't water down the will of God because of people's experience or lack of experience. What did the Lord tell us it was his will? That we prosper. I accept that. And be in health. I accept that. He told us how it's going to happen. Even as our soul prospers. Now, a lot of people try to take that and they say, well, then that means that the healing and the natural prosperity is not important. That's the main thing. That's a misapplication uh, of that verse. No, he's telling you how it's going to happen. It's going to happen in proportion with soul prosperity and prosperity and healing does not begin outside. It begins inside. Before you prosper in your account or in your checkbook or your purse, you got to prosper in your soul. You got to quit thinking like a broke person. You got to quit talking like a broke person. You got to quit seeing yourself as poor and talking poor. When your soul prospers, you quit thinking that way and you start talking blessing and you start talking plenty and you make plans to do things with plenty. Amen. And that's why you quit saving all the plastic forks. <laughs> why would you save them? Why would you save 400 margarine bowls and all the lids to them? Why would you save them? You might need them. That's thinking like a poor person. Why are you going to need them? Just because you just never know. Exactly. Now, did y'all hear those two things? These are biggies now. Why would you keep junk? Sometime you might need them. Might need them sometime. That's thinking like a poor person. That alone will keep you broke. Might need it. Might, oh, we might need it. Might need it sometime. What's the second thing? You just never know. Why you might need it? Because you just never know. Neither of those are scriptures. This is a scripture. (laughs) 
Glory to God. Well, go back with me to uh, Genesis. Let me review a little more. You all know how we do. Did you bring your notes with you? Can you help me out tonight? In our review? This is called prosperity proven. Why do we believe in prosperity? Why do we believe it's God's will for us to prosper? Well, first of all, he just told us. We accept that. But then the Bible is full of very strong reasons why we should believe this. And so we're proving it step by step, building the foundation to believe this strong the rest of our lives in the Bible. And if you're not sure whether you believe this or not, well, you're in a great place tonight. And uh, don't believe a thing I say if you can't find it in the Bible. But if it's in the Bible... Then it's not about me and you. Right? It's about thus saith the Lord. Do you believe that? And that is the biggie. We've gone over some points talking about what kind of God do we serve. The Bible says in Malachi 3, he does not change. He never changes. He's the way he's always been. He will always be the way he is. And... A couple of his names we looked at that revealed to us his character. We're asking the question, is he a God of lack or little or a God of abundance and plenty? Is he a God of increase or a God of decrease? And two of his names reveal that he's got to be a God of plenty. El Shaddai. (laughs) Oh, the bountiful one. The one who's everything you need. The plentiful one. The all-sufficient one. And then we studied, the other one was what? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who sees ahead and provides. Oh, hallelujah, on the mountain, you know. uh, Abram said, the Lord will provide. It'll be seen. That he will provide. And you know that's a good statement you can make. Anytime anything's going on. You got a bunch of bills piled up. Or you got something coming due. And you don't know where it's going to come from. What can you say? The Lord will provide. Yeah yeah, but what if he don't? What if it's not his will? We don't even consider that. That is unscriptural. Did you hear me? It would be like somebody coming down to the altar to get born again and somebody say, well, what if he doesn't save me? What if I believe on him and confess Jesus as my Lord and believe that God's raised him from the dead, but he won't save me? What if? Well, there is no what if. He said he would do it. Right? He said this is his will. Said out loud, the Lord Lord will provide. What does that mean? That's why we stand up here all the time. Virtually every offering you hear me say this, you know, we never run out. Right? We never run out. We never come short. We don't lack or want any good thing. Why? Because the Lord provides. And He keeps on providing. Just keeps on, keeps on. As long as we keep believing that, we're just going to keep sailing right on down. And coming up and coming up. Well, we also begin to talk about what kind of God did the patriarchs know? Some dozen times or so. In the Bible, God refers to himself. And his prophets refer to God as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Have you seen that? Old and New Testament, you find it. 
God refers to himself. He calls himself the God of Abraham. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Well, Abraham's alive. Not in the earth, but he's alive. Right? Those who know the Lord never die. Isn't that great to know? How many are saved and you know it? Then you will never die. You will never die. Never die. Now, the Lord didn't promise you that you'd live, you know, for millennia down here in this physical body. Your body's not going to make it for thousands of years, but you will not die. Isn't that good to know? Say it again. I will never die. I will never die. I will never die. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are very much alive and exceedingly well in glory with the Lord Jesus. And the Apostle Paul and James and Moses and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. We're going to be excited when we meet all these folk. And uh, if we could get them to come visit us tonight in Branson, which they could if the Lord will allow them, but they probably won't. <laughs> Do you know one reason they probably won't? Well, yeah, they probably wouldn't want to. I mean, you know, the nicest place on earth is like a garbage can beside heaven. There's curse here. There's no curse there. But the Lord, you know, requires us to walk by faith. And so you're not going to see some things because... uh, then you'd be walking by sight. But anyway, if they would come, and we could ask, you know, Father Abraham, what kind of God did you know? There are millions of Christians on the earth today that don't believe it's God's will for everybody to prosper and be rich. What would you say to that? Are they right? Is it sometimes God's will for us to be broke? Does God teach us through poverty and lack? Is sometimes lack is the will of God? What do you think Abraham would say? (laughs) What kind of God did Abraham know? You got your notes in front of you? He knew a God who blessed him. Amen? We won't go through all of it, but uh, he knew a God who made him rich. What if we asked Isaac? He knew a God who started him off rich. And then increased him from there. A God who blessed him a hundredfold in one year. That's who he knew. Is the God of Abraham and Isaac, has he changed? Or is he the same? Is his will the same for us? As for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Well, we've been studying the God of Jacob. What kind of God did he know? Well, Jacob kind of had a bumpy start. Because he was a deceiver. He was a liar and a deceiver. Now this is interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, Isaac, how smooth his start was. Did you see that? We have no indication that Isaac was a liar and a deceiver. We have indications that he received his daddy's teachings. And he was a tither and a covenant man. And remembered the covenant that God had with Abraham. And he started off life rich, rich, rich. 
Jacob, because of his lying and deceiving, he had to leave home at an early age with nothing but his backpack. Remember that? How many know the way of the transgressor is hard? A lot of times things are harder on people than they had to be. But because of their hard head and their deceptive ways, it made it hard on them and rough on them. But here's some good news. Even if you start off a liar and a cheat, you can wind up the blessed of God. Isn't that good to know? Jacob, he wound up blessed of God. He showed up at Uncle Laban's house and found his daughter Rachel, actually it's pronounced Raquel, best I can ascertain. And oh, he thought she was something. And so he worked out a deal to work for Uncle Laban for seven years to get to marry Raquel. And Uncle Laban pulled the old switcheroo on the wedding night, and he wound up with Leah. And he said, well, you work for me another seven years, and you can have Raquel. Well, he did it. But that wasn't the end of it. The Bible tells us that ten different times Laban pulled the old switcheroo. Again and again. Well, you sow deception, you'll reap deception. You sow lying and trickery, you'll reap it. Jacob is reaping, man. Isn't he? I mean, he's getting burnt and getting burnt and getting burnt. But he changed out there. In the heat and cold. Now one thing you got to realize. We read here in just a few verses. How that he came back. He went out there with his backpack. But he came back. In fact just read it right now. He came back wealthy. Everybody say wealthy. Wealthy. Read with me. In the 32nd chapter of Genesis. Now I'm wanting to get to something tonight. Are you believing God with me? In fact, let's just release our faith together before we read this. Father, we thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for your word because this is what our life is built on. Being doers of what you say. Bring out everything that you would tonight. Give everybody eyes to see and ears to hear. And grant us to be established. Not in the ideas of men. Not in traditions of men that are against your word. But in the real truth. Of your word to know you as you are. And not believe lies. But be in the truth that makes us free. In Jesus name. Amen. In. uh, What did I tell you? Genesis. Genesis 32. We read. Where he's laying out there. On the ground. With his little backpack. Scared. Wondering if he's ever going to see home again. Separated from his family and his father's wealth. And the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Told him, I'm with you. I'm the God of Abraham, your grandpa, Isaac, your dad. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you all this land you're laying on. Encouraged him. And in the 32nd chapter and the uh, 10th verse, 32.10. On his way back, 
He said, I, going back home at this point, he said, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth that you've showed to your servant, talking to the Lord. For with my staff, I had a stick, I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands, two whole groups of people and flocks and herds. And You read a little bit later on, and it tells us that when he moved back home, He had so much stuff that he and Esau couldn't live in the same territory. They had too many cows, too many goats, and too many sheep. And he went across with a stick. Can God bless you? Even if you've been a liar and a cheat and a thief. And you start out with nothing but a stick. Can you change? Is God merciful? Can he make a rich man? Out of somebody who's willing to change. You know I think that's one of the biggest things you see. About Jacob's life. Is his change. Now you remember. That he wrestled with the angel. Do you remember that? Uh, What was the result of that? It's in the same chapter right here. Skip on down to verse 24. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go, except you bless me. i tell you one thing Jacob believed in, the blessing. What did he go, he and his mom, frame up on his dad about? What did he put goat skins on his arm and go in there and act like he was the firstborn to get? What did he want? The blessing. Everybody say the blessing. What is the blessing? See, we live in a world today that's all scientific minded and all natural minded and when you say the blessing people look at you like like either you're just superstitious or like you said nothing and we have to watch in Christian circles the word blessing is used so much without meaning until it has just become a passing thing and people say it all the time but it means nothing but here's a man Who was so focused on getting the blessing. It was wrong. But he was willing to lie. He was willing to jeopardize. He told his mama. He said now what if I get in there. And daddy sees I'm trying to lie to him. And I get a curse on me. She said well if you do. Let it be on me. (laughs) Well they were wrong. Lying is wrong. Ain't no way you can make lying right. But do you see something. That they had such faith. In this blessing. He believed that if his father spoke this blessing over him. That it would affect him the rest of his life. And he would be blessed. And it was that way. It was so powerful. That when Esau came in later. You know he showed up with the venison. Just about time baby brother went out the other door. And he said here I am. You know father I brought the venison. He said well I just ate. Venison, who are you? He said, Esau. And he said, well, your brother 
came in here and got your blessing. And I've pronounced blessing and I've given him dew from above and blessing from beneath. And he went on to say, and he will be blessed too. And Esau began to cry and say, well, don't you have another blessing for me? What about me? Can I get another blessing? I said, that seems hard. No, he despised his blessing, the New Testament tells us. He despised it in the beginning. I don't despise the blessing. I believe in the blessing. I honor the blessing. The blessing that they were talking about, that they were struggling about, that blessing is in the earth today. That same blessing is mine and yours if you're a believer and if you receive it. Now you can't really talk about prosperity like you should unless you talk about the blessing. Because the prosperity is the result of the blessing. I think we ought to just take some time tonight. I got plenty of notes up here that go different directions. But I think we ought to take some more time and camp on the blessing. It has come up strong in my heart this evening. As a church in the states and in the earth today, I think so much of the church ourselves included, have not understood the power of the blessing. Boy, he knew about it, didn't he? He's wrestling with this angel. He's outmatched. Right? He's losing. But he won't quit. He's injured. But he won't quit. Why hang on like that? Why? He said, I won't quit. Do you bless me? Now see, today, what does that mean to people? But no, man, it was something he was ready to fight to the death about. Bless me. Now look, he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? Well, he knew what his name was. He said, uh, Jacob. The name Jacob means supplanter. It means deceiver. It means tricker. Who are you is what he's saying. Because your name says what you are. Who are you? What are you? He said a tricker. (laughs) A deceiver. And he was. But he's wanting a blessing, isn't he? He said, all right. Your name will be called no more tricker. No more deceiver. But Israel. Israel means prince of God. (laughs) For as a prince... You have power. Everybody say power. 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 Does this have anything to do with prosperity? It has everything to do with it. Power with God and with men. And you have prevailed. Did he bless him? Yes, he did. But now listen, you know, some people have taken this verse and they've applied it to prayer in a wrong sense. They talk about, well, I'm wrestling with God. Like Jacob did. No, no. And people imply, I'm going to wrestle with God until he gives me the answer. You will not change God. That's right. He'll be the same before you start wrestling, while you're wrestling, and after you're done wrestling. No. And people try to do it with fasting. I'm going to fast till I move God. Fasting doesn't move God. Did you hear me? Fasting doesn't change the Bible. 
Fasting doesn't change God. It doesn't change the will of God. Who does it change? Who can it change? It can change you. Who changed through all this wrestling? Now that's the important thing to get. The man changed. God didn't change. The man changed. His name was changed. He became a different man. This had already begun. You know, you have a lot of time to think about things. Every night out in the wilderness watching sheep. Year after year and you get burned again by Uncle Laban. You were saving a little money, and now you owe him some. And you get ahead a little bit another year, and he does it again. Now you owe him twice as much as what you thought you had made. You're getting deeper in the hole. And it's still hot in the desert every day. And it's still cold at night. You're out there with the wild animals. He was changing. I said he was changing. And this was the culmination of this change. And now his tricking, lying, deceiving days are gone forever. Old things are passed away. He's a new man. I said he's a new man. He's a man with the blessing. Oh, glory to God. The blessing. Go back to uh, the 30th chapter while we're right here so close. And let me show you some more effects of the blessing. Then as the Lord leads, we'll, we'll see. I know we're not done talking about the blessing. It's come up before in these sessions, hasn't it? How many believe you're blessed? It's so important that you do. Because see, so many people in the world, so many people in the earth, they may not say it, but they have come to believe that they are cursed. And they are. They believe, well, Everything I do goes wrong. What's wrong with my life? I get ahead one step and I get knocked back two. Just about time I'm about to make some progress, something else bad happens. What are they saying? I'm cursed. Aren't they? I can't win for losing. I can't get ahead. I'm cursed. And they believe it. And they say it. And they are. And then people begin to wonder why. They think, well, this is incredible. I mean, who has this much bad stuff happen to them in a row? Thing after thing after thing after thing. And people get negative. Well, what's going to happen next? And they're expecting more bad stuff to happen. They're in faith for it. And the devil has a perfect legal right to just bring it on. Oh, but friend, you got to believe you're blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Amen. Even if I make a mistake, the Lord works it out for me. Why? I'm blessed. I can't lose for winning. I can't lose for winning. I can't go down for going over. Right? If I get knocked back a step, I jump forward ten. (laughs) I'm an overcomer. Why? Because I'm so amazing? Because I'm so smart? Because I'm such a hard worker? No. Because 
I'm blessed of the Lord. This blessing is a tangible thing. It's real in the spirit. It is the favor of God. How many believe you got the blessing on your life? Well, this blessing affects everybody you're around. It affects everybody you associate with. Read in Genesis 30. Genesis 30. 25. Everybody okay? Are you happy? Can you take some more? Genesis 30, verse 25. It came to pass when Rachel, or Rachel, had borne Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away. (laughs) Well, after being burnt ten times, you'd be thinking that way. That I may go to my own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, and let me go. For you know my service which I have done you. Now let's just stop right here. What kind of God did uh, Jacob know? He knew a God who turned him from a broke liar into a blessed prince of God. Went out with a stick, came back with groups of employees and multiple flocks of herds and children. But notice what kind of man was Jacob when he began to change from being a deceiver. What kind of man? He was a man... Who did service. Did you hear me? See a lot of times people just run over this. They miss this. He was a man who stayed faithful. Where God put him. Even when he was being mistreated. Even when he was being tricked. And being robbed. He wouldn't leave where he was sent. Until he was released. He was a man who got up early. And worked hard and stayed out in the cold and braved the heat and was faithful. And when they lost money, he took care of it out of his pocket. This is the kind of man and woman God can bless. Are you with me now? A lot of folk, they just pass right over this and they just say, well, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Not if you're lazy. Not if you're unfaithful. Did you hear me? Not if you jump out of where God put you. After three days because somebody frowned at you. Did you hear me? You got to have some strength. You got to have some perseverance. That's the way faith is. Faith doesn't quit. Faith stays till it's done. Can you say amen? amen? He said, you know my service which I have done you. And he did know. Listen to what he said. Laban said to him, I pray you, if I have found favor in your eyes, tarry. What does that mean? Stay. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Why? He's out there in the heat and cold. But the blessing that's on him is affecting the man he's working for. Oh, this is important, friends. Keep reading. Laban said, uh, just tell me how much you want and I'll give it. (laughs) He's heard that before. (laughs) They've done wage deals (laughs) several times and he didn't read the fine print. And he got burnt. So the Lord gave him a real plan, real idea. 
He said, you know how I've served with you and how your cattle has been with me. It was little which you had before I came and it's now increased into a multitude. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming. Since I came to work for you, your business has exploded. I have seen that again and again and again. I've seen it. The blessing. Now that's what we ought to be so conscious of. Instead of trying to preach to our boss. Are you with me now? Too many people trying to preach to their boss. They need to be quiet. Did you hear me? Because your life is supposed to be preaching. Amen. And the blessing is supposed to be on your life to the degree that people can see. Nobody has to tell them. They know how it was before you hired on and they know how it is now. And they can, how many understand Laban was not a godly man? No. He's a tricker. He's a deceiver. But he knows about his money. And he knows what's happened to everything that uh, Jacob has been dealing with. It's just exploded. And he knows. When Jacob says, you know, I'm ready to go. Let me go. Laban didn't say, well, I'm glad to let you go. Because all you do is preach and quote scriptures all day instead of work. Are you all with me now? See, people miss it in these areas. Let people see the blessing in your life. Then they'll want to hear what you've got to say. Let people see the results of your being with them. They won't see it with you being lazy. They won't see it with you being a clock watcher. I mean, Jacob did him service. He was there and obviously was using his faith in this man's business. And he said, man, it was just a little that you had when I came, and now it's increased into a multitude. And the Lord has blessed you since I came. He said, now when shall I provide for my own house? And so he, that's when they got into the speckled and spotted cow thing. And it really turned around for Jacob too. But turn on over. Just keep turning over to, uh, what is it, the thirty. Ninth chapter. And I'll just get into this some tonight too because it goes hand in hand. We've talked about the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Let's get into some tonight about the God of Joseph also. Because this all flows right in together. What kind of God did Joseph know? Well, look at this. You know the story. Joseph had dreams. Everybody remember that? Dreams of the Lord where he saw himself in a prison? No. <laughs> where he saw himself somebody else's slave? No. What did he see? He saw himself ruling and reigning. Right? That's what, that's what he saw. He saw it crystal clear. But that ain't what happened. Initially. Right? 
Let's learn some lessons here. I mean, you might get direction so clear from God. You might get a vision, a dream, or a word from the Lord that's so clear about tremendous blessing. And three years later, look like you're in worse shape than before you started. Does that mean the vision can't come to pass? What does that mean? It means you better hang in there. Right? It means you better not get discouraged. What kind of God did Joseph know? He knew a God who never forsook him. He knew a God who stayed with him. He knew a God who completely turned his life around in one day. Right? From the dungeon to the castle. One day. What kind of man did God know? Joseph was a man who wouldn't give up his vision. He wouldn't give up his dream. He wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't get down. It's amazing. Read this chapter sometime, the whole thing, and you'll see that, you know, he went from being a slave, being sold as a slave, and then Potiphar's wife lied on him, and he wound up in jail in the dungeon. Remember that? And in the dungeon, he goes to some guys, you know, the Pharaoh's baker, and uh, they were sad, and he looked at him and said, why are you all so sad today? That paints a whole picture. He's in the dungeon too, you know. He's eating dungeon food too. He's wearing dungeon clothes too. And he, and his life has not been too hot. I mean, he started out the favorite baby boy with the multicolored coat. Then he becomes a slave. Then he becomes a prisoner. And he pops in and goes, why are you boys down today? That's the kind of man or woman that's victorious. He was in the dungeon, but the dungeon didn't get in him. He was in a bad place, but he didn't let the bad stuff get in him. Why? He still got his vision. He saw himself ruling and reigning, and years as a servant and a slave and years in jail did not get that out of him. He still had it. I said he still had it. It's amazing. People will get something in their heart and get stirred up. And didn't come to pass in a year or two or five, and they think, well... I don't know what I was thinking, but I guess, I, you know, it's obvious that ain't coming to pass. No, don't give up your dream. Don't give up your vision. But look at the blessing. Genesis 39, are you there? Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was. Huh? Now remember, where's he at? He's a slave. Who ever heard of a prosperous slave? <laughs> he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over all his house and all that he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Is Potiphar a God-fearing man? Got no indication that he is. He's in Pharaoh's court. They worship the sun. They worship alligator idols. 
They worship all kind of junk, but not God. And all his stuff is getting blessed. Why? Because a man who had the blessing on him was working for him. Oh, friends, are you getting this? Are you seeing this? Whoever you're working for, I don't care if they're a whiskey drinking, mean dog kicking, cussing boss. If you're supposed to be there and work, the blessing will come on their stuff. Because you're there. Did you hear me? And they should be able to see it after a period of time and realize, man, it's got to do with that Christian. must have something to do with them because it wasn't going that way till they came here. It was so obvious to Laban that he said, no, man, don't go. Please don't. Name your price. <laughs> you got to stay, though. And Potiphar, alligator idol, sun-worshiping man, begin to see this slave that he's bought has got something on him. It's something that's an anointing to prosper. It's a power for increase. And he eats, he turned the garden over to him. And the garden made bigger vegetables than ever made before. He turned this over to him, turned that over. Finally, he just said, well, let's just turn everything over to him. Because everything he touches just blooms and blossoms and goes. What is it? The blessing. The blessing. That blessing's on you. That blessing's on me. We should believe it. We should have more faith in it. We should speak it. Hallelujah. I'm stirred up. Are y'all with me? Are you in a, just a big hurry to go home? Or can you stay with me for just a few more minutes here? Are you blessed? Does the blessing that's on you affect other people? If you're walking in the fullness of this and faith in this, other people might not know it, but they ought to be glad when you step on their airplane and go somewhere. Amen. They may not know it, but they ought to be glad when you come to their store and you do business with them. They might not know it, but they ought to be glad when you move to their neighborhood. Because you didn't just bring your cat with you. You didn't just bring your couch and your sofa. What would you bring? The blessing is on you. And everywhere you go, that blessing goes. And everything you put your hand to prospers and goes and increases. Oh, glory to God. I've had this stirring in my spirit last few days. And it really began to come up strong tonight. About the people in this church that are business owners. And about the people in this church that work for other people. And about the people in this church that are involved in shows. Can God bless a show? Yes, Yes, He can. Especially somebody who believes in the blessing. Amen. Amen. There are some things that are required of us. We're already seeing them. You got to be obedient. Right? You got to go where He tells you to go and stay where He tells you to stay. You got to honor Him. Right? With your tithes and your first fruits and your offerings, you got to be a giver. You got to obey Him. You must honor Him. Oh, but friend, when you do your part, the blessing is activated. The blessing is released. And people around you are affected. 
Because of the blessing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I know Phyllis, she worked for doctors. When we first went out to Ramah, she didn't feel impressed to go the same year I went. She went after I did, several years after I did. But when she began, the place where she began wasn't very big. And the people that were in charge, they said, well, you know, if X amount of new patients come in, you get a certain kind of a salary and a bonus. And they made it pretty attractive. Well, they didn't know what they did. Because <laughs> Phyllis put her faith on it. And I tell you what, patients came from everywhere. Everywhere. And that place, do you remember some numbers? Thirty a day went to a hundred and thirty a day. And the bonuses became bigger than your salary. Increase. And they hired other doctors and expanded the offices. And the head of the thing told her he knew. The blessing was there. And he'd ask ever so often, Do y'all need anything? <laughs> Do you need anything? He helped us several times when we really needed help. And you could just see it. I mean, he just blossomed and bloomed and multiplied. Well, you know, men try to take credit for things. But friend, when something goes, something's behind it. Something's on it. Begin believing in the blessing. And God will deal with people to come to your store. Buy from you. Come to your show. If I go on, why are they going over there? Why are all those people over there? Where are all those people over there? I know they're not any better than this other place. Their stuff is not any better than this other stuff. Why are they all going over there? The blessing. The blessing. Everybody say the blessing. blessing. Say it out loud. The blessing. blessing. The blessing. blessing. Hallelujah. Go back to Genesis and we'll close by reading these things, I think. Going back to the, uh, the first... Chapter or so. I want you to see a pattern here. Everybody awake? Are you listening? Yes. Okay, I'm endeavoring to wind up, so let's wind up strong. Yes. Genesis 1 and 22. How'd the Lord start this thing out? Genesis 1, 22. And God blessed them. Blessed them. Blessed them. Didn't say he sprinkled some water on them. Didn't say he waved a feather over him. What did he do? This is something real. This is something tangible in the spirit. He blessed them. What does it mean when God blesses you? I looked it up. I knew you'd want to know. (laughs) And I looked at numerous expositors of the Hebrew words. And the best one I could find that sums it all up together These theologians said this, these scholars said this. They said to bless in the Old Testament means to endue with power for success. Power to succeed. They went on to say power for prosperity, power for longevity, power to succeed. The blessing is anointing. The blessing is power. Power on you. 
I mean, the Lord said numerous places, didn't he? Other places, we won't go to them tonight, but didn't he say that he empowers us to prosper? Didn't he say? I mean, he said those very words. That's what the blessing is. When you say, I'm blessed, you just said, I am empowered. I am endued with ability to succeed. (laughs) Well, then failure would have to be greater than the blessing for you to fail. And if you stay with God, it cannot be. Everybody said out loud, I can't go under for going over. I can't lose for winning. No. Why? Because I am endued with power to succeed. <laughs> I'm empowered to prosper. Whoo! What if you believe that with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? What if you said it over you and your kids and all your stuff every day? This church is blessed. The people here are blessed. Their businesses are blessed. Every show involved with this church is blessed. So what about the other churches? Well, there's two if they believe it. Every Christian has the same right, but not everybody believes it. A lot of folk just believe, well, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just launch out and just see. That's no faith. I said, that's no faith. We didn't try this church. We didn't say, well, we'll, we'll dabble in it and see. We were committed. I had people call me and they were concerned about me. And they said, Brother Keith, you got a good ministry. What do you want to do this for? I mean, what do you want to bite this thing off for? You're doing good. You're blessed. And I was. And I still am. Doing even better now. <laughs> yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And finally, I told one of the guys, he said, some people had called me about you. And he said, they're concerned about you. And I said, well, I said, listen, I'm a man. I could miss it. I could miss God. I'm not jumping into this thing, you know, half cocked. I've prayed. I have waited on the Lord. I have searched this thing out. But I'm a man. I could miss it. I said, but I would rather fall flat on my face and, and blow it and have everybody laugh at me. Endeavoring to obey God. Then sit by the side and play it safe and do nothing. Scared to step out. No faith. So here we go. (laughs) And here we are. And we just got started. I said we just got started. Because we are blessed. We're blessed. We are the blessed of the Lord. We are endued with power to succeed. Glory to God. You believe that? Y'all believe that? Yeah. The Lord blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1.28. He said it again. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Has he ever changed? What's he saying to us today? Be fruitful, multiply. And that means in every good thing. Genesis 9, after the flood that destroyed everything that breathed on the earth, except for covenant people. Chapter 9, verse 1, and God did what? What did he do? 
He blessed Noah and his sons. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. We've heard it before. It's a fact. We see a theme here, don't we? Now get this one in chapter 12. You've heard it, but hear it again and hear it good. This is when the Lord spoke to Abram and gave him the blessing. Does this blessing affect us? Well, now just hold your place and go to Galatians 3 so that you know that you know that you believe what you just said. Galatians, the third chapter, talks about this blessing. Is this blessing still in effect? Yes, Yes, it is. God said, light be. Is that still in effect? Sure. In Galatians 3 and verse 13, are you there? Hold your place in Genesis if you didn't lose it already. But in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. That's where the curse is. Where is your curse at? Are you cursed? No. No, All the curse that was on me or would ever be on me fell on him. That's why he endured such a horrible thing. All that curse that was on me and you fell on him. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. And he did. Why? Why did he do that? A lot of people say, well, so we wouldn't have to go to hell. Thank God. But that's not what this is. It does include that. But what does this say? Why did Jesus take all that curse on him? Verse 14. That. Whoo, does this make you happy like it does me? That the. The blessing. Of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Did it come? Is it ours? Are we blessed? What blessing is ours? The blessing. And you shall be a blessing. Is he talking about us? We just got through reading Galatians 3.13. Christ took the curse so that we got this blessing. This blessing. Are we the blessed of the Lord? Just like Abraham. Just like Isaac. Just like Jacob. Just like Joseph. Yes. I'm blessed. That same blessing that was on Abraham is on me. If you believe that, it will change your life. That same blessing that was on them is on me. It's on me. Verse 3, he said, I will bless them that bless you. Well, you know, giving somebody a job is blessing them. Right? So you can begin to see how this comes back, don't you? Boy, if people really understood this and believed this, they'd be toting stuff to the church by the truckload. Right? They'd be saying, hey, please, can we do something for y'all? Will you let us do something for you? That's the way it should be instead of the church asking people to do something. Right? The blessing. Them that bless you, I'll bless. Those that curse you, be cursed. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that's continuing right now today upon us. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.